Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, how you doing, my man? Good, man. How was Nashville? It was nice, man. Wild town. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, you know. uh, lots of stuff going on since then. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to the fights and stuff in a minute, because I know you were there for a few days. But uh, uh, did you listen to last week's episode, by the way? I did. I caught a lot of it. I didn't catch the last couple minutes. Um, I was doing it while I was driving into to town. Uh, actually, I want to say in town, but pretty much in the middle of nowhere to visit one of my buddies who's who's about an hour and a half outside of Nashville. Um, oh, okay. Because we broke your balls a little bit since you weren't around. I heard that. I heard it. And uh, <laughs> no, it was interesting. Um, I still don't know completely what cryptocurrency completely is, but uh, definitely piqued my interest to to get a little bit more informed on it um, as far well, as what the backing and how it's created is, is, yeah. is a whole nother dimension of stuff. But Yeah. Well, well, we'll have to have them back when you're, when you're available. Yeah, so. no, we'll definitely have to do that. And uh, they were definitely enthusiastic and uh, happy to be on a sure dog uh, reporter. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with a sure dog reporter. So yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It was a, it was a nice little change of pace to the, to so, the fights and fight talk. So I mean, obviously we got to get to current events and news. A lot of a lot of stuff happened while you were making your way to Nashville, and then obviously the news today. So I guess we'll start with the biggest news of uh, uh, Connor doing his second retirement announcement. I don't know, man. What do you say? Uh, I'm calling shenanigans on that. Yeah, I don't believe it for a second. Um, it it is kind of strange that it's the same day that they come out with news from from uh, Ireland where the uh, their Ireland police departments investigating a little bit deeper into a, a possible sexual assault involving him. So uh, I don't know if they're connected at all, or if it was maybe just Connor trying to steal the news, uh, the news wave by announcing his retirement to kind of put that aside. I don't know. Um, I don't know if his PR people are, are that slick or what, but yeah, I don't believe it for a second. There's too much money. He might disappear for a couple years, but uh, I don't think uh, we're done seeing him compete. Uh, at some point yeah no I'm, i mean obviously we're on the same page but so my predictions are are obviously i mean so are you on the same page as far as thinking it's just a a, a negotiation ploy as far as like you know put me on a main event or something or put give me my stake that i've been asking for in the in the company uh you know or i or i walk because that's obviously that's an old school you know that's um that's an old school like uh business tactic i you know either give me what i want or i walk yeah, I mean, I don't know. That could be the case. I don't know if he knows inside information that we are not aware of as far as what, like, Lesnar's uh, situation is right now. Because mm -hmm. obviously the UFC wants a huge fight for their, their fight week card in, in Vegas. And, and ideally they'd have McGregor on that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he knows something that we're not quite privy to about Lesnar's availability or or uh, God only knows what the drug testing situation is. I haven't seen his listed uh, tests in a while. Yeah. Um, the only issue with McGregor retiring is if he puts in the official paperwork, they'll pull him from the drug testing pool, and then it'll require a six-month or a four-month. I'm not sure exactly. It's been cheated around a few times. But I, <laughs> I, th I know it's at least a four-month waiting period um, while you re-enter the pool and, and go through the drug testing. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, with with uh, – with uh, Khabib talking about not fighting till the end of the year anyway, until November, December. Uh, yeah. Perhaps he's just kind of trying to negotiate, but I don't know. I don't know what his plan is. I don't know who he thinks he can fight. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't take him seriously as a heavy contender anymore. Um, and maybe that's a mistake on my part, but I just don't, I, I don't think, I don't think any world he beats Khabib. I think he's pretty much more in it to fight guys like Nate Diaz and just, uh, just cash a giant paycheck. And I don't yeah. blame him for that. Uh, I wouldn't want to fight Khabib either, but um, I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't see guys like Cowboy and, and uh, Masvidal and some of these other guys as, as big-ticket guys for him to fight. and He'd rather just sit it out, make the UFC stress it out a little bit, and then come to him with a huge offer uh, to get back into the pool maybe towards the end of the year. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a guess. 
Yeah, I mean it's all it's all speculation. From you know, obviously only he, the UFC, see UFC, and the other players are the only ones that know what's going on. But so my predictions, I mean, I, I like to I like to put my stuff out there because sometimes it happens. More times than not, it's the shit that I think is going to happen happens, <laughs> and then and and you know, so I'm I'm calling either. I mean, you 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 obviously feel uh, July is an important week too. That first that first week in July, the International Fight Week. So I'm thinking if he doesn't if he doesn't pop in and do a fight, you know, any type of super fight or super level fight, or just have him booked on on uh, on the main you know card for that week, because uh, usually they do a few. Or they used to do a few, or maybe two, or whatever they do now. But um, if he doesn't come for July, I see him disappearing. And and then uh, when we come close to November, because that's the you know the the UFC said they were going to do four events in their the first four years when the ban was lifted from the sport. So come November to the Garden, I I I could see him and Khabib headlining that. Um, and this is obviously. Because I'm not even paying attention to this stuff until things are, are, you know, more verified about the the legal situation back in his homeland. Um, that's just me thinking. It's just a. I, I honestly think that news is coincidence. I know the New York Times reported on it, and usually they don't write anything unless they they have some you know serious uh, some serious info that that greenlights an article. But um, yeah, I I think uh, either July or or November here in New York City. Uh, he'll come back, and if he doesn't, then, then then he's really done. Yeah, well, I just think, like I said, it matters uh, what kind of paperwork he fills out. If it's just talk, or if he actually fills out the paperwork and and clears himself from the drug testing pool, that could that could cause some issues. Um, but who knows? I yeah, uh, I mean, because he did do it before. Obviously, we all know he the thanks for the cheese tweet. It was around. I feel like it was around this time of year too. And then the next thing you know, he had the what well, was that for Diaz too, right? Yeah, and then that was around 200, right? Where he didn't end up fighting at 200, and then yeah. fought a couple months later. Um, yeah. Or a month later, I think in an August, it was an August bout, if I remember right. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where he's at right now. I don't know where his head's at. It's hard to get a read on the guy. Um, it's hard to know what to take serious and what to take not serious. It seems so. Um, obviously, I don't wish any ill will, and I don't, I don't want to see him in prison unless he committed some terrible act but um mm-hmm. you know i don't know i don't know where the ufc is at right now we've been talking about this since we started the podcast it's it's kind of just a hodgepodge of fights <laughs> and uh yeah and, and weird announcements and and stuff like that you know and fights that you know don't really make sense on paper but you know who's the number yeah. one contender and just kind of all over the place and you know uh one of those fights kind of took me into nashville this weekend uh where we kind of went into it. A lot of people went into it. I thought it was a pretty cool fight, but a lot of people thought that the Anthony Pettis, Stephen Thompson fight was going to be a, a squash match basically for Thompson and a fight that didn't make a lot of sense for him as a top contender to take. Um, and we quickly learned in the world of MMA that expect the unexpected. And yeah, uh, only and, takes and one punch. Yeah. It only takes one punch. And, and somebody as uh, dynamic and spectacular as Pettis, uh, landed a, a Superman punch with about three or four seconds left in the second round after basically getting dominated from the, the bell to what almost was the final bell of the second round uh, by Thompson and, and uh, put him out cold, landed some real hard follow-up shots on the ground when he was already out and uh, really sent the arena into quite a, uh, a frenzy, um, which was, you know, being there with, with some of uh, Steven's friends, uh, and uh training partners wasn't wasn't an ideal situation it, it never is when when you're around people who are have a close relation to somebody that's fighting um and especially when they lose it's a uh it's a different world uh to be yeah. you know you go from yeah, I know. you know and, and and anybody who's been around the sport and trained with people knows that that's uh that's a reality of it um you know i saw my old instructor mark hall lose when i was uh in his corner and uh and, and all of us have had friends fight uh, from Virgil's Wicker to Fernando. I mean, people we're, we've, we're close to, at least I'm close to on the East West coast here. And I'm sure you have the same situation, but um, you know, when you see somebody get knocked out that brutally, you just kind oh, yeah. of, uh, you know, that's a different, that's a different level. And you're, uh, you're really happy to see him wake up and smiling. And, and he quickly got out some videos from the hospital and, and the back of the arena where he, he was in, in good spirits and letting everybody know that he was okay. And I think that really, 
really helped the situation uh, with considering he had, I mean, I, I'd say at minimum he had a hundred people uh, in the arena that had traveled up from South Carolina for the fight. So how was uh, the arena, by the way? I mean, uh, from what I could tell from my point of view, watching on TV, obviously it, it looked like it was, it sold out. I didn't even, I didn't even look at the numbers reports. It was a little under 11,000. Um, so it wasn't sold out. They didn't sell the upper deck. So, but the entire lower bowl and like a mid level was basically sold out. So it was a nice crowd it was for a fight night. Um, I think it was like 10,980 or something like that. Um, it was nice. The The arena is uh, the side seating is really, really great view. I mean, I had awesome seats uh, and it looked to me like, uh, it, but it's kind of a real egg shape. So if you, if they were to have opened up the upper level, if you were to sit like in, in what would I consider the end zones or the, the far ends of the arena, uh, it would, you would have been a miles away. So the way they set it up was really good. Um, didn't seem like there was really a bad seat in the house for what was available to the, to the fans. And, um, you know, it was a fun night of fights. There was some ups and downs. Uh, highlights on the prelims. Uh, Randa Marcos put on a clinic on Angela Hill, uh, arm barring her in the first round. Uh, took her down with a great uh, judo trip and and really controlled her and and worked the arm bar for a good minute at least and and uh, finished her off. Um, I know Marcos is good on the ground. I, I didn't necessarily expect her to finish Hill, but it was a uh, it was a huge win for her. Uh, Jennifer Maya got a much needed win over Alexis Davis in a real close fight. Uh, she won three rounds to two. Uh, mainly striking Davis in the second round, took her down and, and controlled her uh, to even it up. But in, in the third round, Maya came back and, and landed some good uh, punches and kicks to, uh, to, to get the win there. Uh, what turned, you know, I told the people with me the sleeper fight of the night and what I thought might be the fight of the night, Bryce Mitchell and Bobby Moffitt uh, turned out to be just that, uh, a real back and forth brawl uh, between two guys, uh, submission attempts, just a really great MMA fight. Uh, I'd recommend if any fans were to go back and, and pick a fight on the card to watch, that would be the one. That was the one that, that showcased, uh, you know, why this sport is, is great, really. Um, yeah. And then uh, I know you mentioned that you caught the uh, Macy Barber, JJ Aldrich fight. Uh, good fight. Good <laughs> yeah. female fight. Uh, violent. Um, Aldrich came out striking heavy using her distance. It seemed like she had the Barber figured out yeah. uh, coming, coming out from the opening bell um, and, and was, was battering her. Uh, uh, I would say. Um, and then Barber who is a little bit, uh, a little bit more uh, undefined, uh, but throws heavy shots, uh, mixes in some elbows, uh, finally was able to, to catch yeah. her and hurt her, mainly in the second round, and, uh, and, and so then finish her off. It's a risky off. game. Yeah, it's a risky game she plays. I know I know. she, she said, keeps saying she wants to keep that undefeated record, but I think she's going to have to start, uh, as she moves up in the ranks, she's probably going to have to start exercising some caution. You know? Uh, I know she's young and... and, and She's probably feeling herself with a, with her success being in the UFC and going going uh you know racking up wins. But I mean, obviously, I think that I hope her camp is saying to her like you know now it's time to start. We got to start doing a little more strategy instead of uh you know walking through walking through stuff and trying to land a hard elbows and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, from a fan's perspective, I love to watch it. It's great, but but like you said, from a coaching perspective, um. I mean, instantly, you know, she's talking about a title shot before she turns like, what is it, 21 and a half or something to beat John Jones. And yeah. I think that gives her a little over a year. And, uh, you know, if she was in the cage with uh, Valentina Shevchenko on on uh, Saturday night, I think she would have mm. been carried out on a stretcher. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but that's that's not taking anything away from her. Uh, she's exciting. Uh, she's got some charisma and, you know, she likes to brawl and bang. She's, you know, and. I it's she's fun to watch. I, I was I was pulling for her in the fight, and then uh, she, and she had to deal with some adversity, so maybe that'll help. I don't. I'm not super familiar with her earlier fights, um, so I don't know what kind of uh, adversity she ever had to deal with. Maybe this is the first time she was ever dropped, and and kind of you know a chance to taste her own blood a little bit. So, um, but uh, other than that, you know, basically the main card kind of was slower than uh, I expected. I expected a little bit yeah. more fireworks. Uh, Formiga uh, beat Figueredo 
uh, by decision in a pretty lackluster fight. Yeah. John McDessie followed with a pretty lackluster win over uh, Pinedo. Yeah. A lot of people were uh, talking about how uh, I think was it was it Macy Barber that got the first uh, the first actual finish of the night. No, there was uh, there was uh, the first finish of the night was uh, Randa Marcos. Okay, uh, that's right. Um, so that's she right. got a finish, and then Marlon Vera got a knockout finish of, of Frankie Signs, uh, which was kind of a. Uh, in my book, a little bit of a questionable stoppage. It looked it looked in real life like he was really damaged, and then the replay showed perhaps it wasn't as bad. And I even thought there might have been some shots to the back of the head. So, um, so yeah, it was actually the third finish, but it was the you know that came after the Bryce Mitchell fight, which like I said was a, was a great win for him and a huge fight. But then, like I said, the main card was just it came out slow. Um, I, Luis Pena, uh, uh, violent Bob Ross actually kicked off or. Macy Barber was the first main card bout. I forget yeah. the sixth part. And then, and then uh, Luis Pena came in and had a, a good fight with Steven Peterson. Peterson was just outmatched, but it, was, uh, it wasn't a boring fight. Um, it did go to the decision. Um, but then you got a, you, there was a run where the arena was a little bit, uh, got a little bit uh, antsy, I should say, with the, mm. the Formiga fight, the McDessie fight. And then Curtis Blades and Justin uh, Willis was uh, – always, I'm always a little worried when you get some big heavyweights – that are kind of, especially when one's a really good wrestler. Yeah. Uh, and, and Blades coming off of a quick knockout loss to Francis Ngannou kind of had me worried where we, this fight would end, and uh, it basically did. I mean, Blades dominated from start to finish, but it wasn't it wasn't what I like to watch. It, to me, it was a wrestling <laughs> match that he dominated. Um, didn't land anything huge. I know he dropped him, I think, to start the second round. Might have been the third round, but... Uh, nothing 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 too spectacular not a fight yeah. I'd ever, not a fight i'd ever watch again and then that brought us to the main event um crowd was pro wonder boy yeah. but there was a was a solid amount of people there for pettis i mean pettis is a is a legend of the sport um always is gonna be and and has a following and uh yeah i mean watching that fight i i mean i know i texted you that uh during the after, right after the event i mean as soon as the first round started even though wonder boy had that round i was kind of just like i was really concerned and, and that's how he normally fights i know he he normally does carry his hands low and he stands in, in that karate stance and he's he's uh lengthy enough to keep folks at range and and work his striking game which which he did in that round but um one of the things that i just in the back of my mind i was like all right but this is all you know you're fighting another guy from karate too so maybe maybe keep your hands a little higher and uh, and then obviously we saw he get, he got that jump off the cage and and landed that right hand. I, I mean, even uh, oh, it was it was it was a hard knockout to watch uh, because obviously if you saw that you said you saw that video he put on Instagram or wherever whichever social media thing he put it on, but he even said he didn't remember what happened till till he got to the back and Chris Weidman was talking to him. So I don't know. Well, that I mean, was, uh... you know, if you take the emotion out, take out that we had him as a guest. Here, oh, yeah, no, definitely. we were cheering for him. And even me being in the crowd and, and being around his supporters and stuff and, and cheering for him, uh, openly yeah. cheering for him. Um, but... but as an MMA fan, it was a spectacular knockout. Oh, yeah. I mean, it might have been it's the tight. knockout of the year. So, you know, it was kind of mixed emotions for me being in the arena because I, I'm going, well, you know the guy I wanted to win just got knocked out brutally. I'm around some of his friends, but as an MMA fan, I'm sitting there going, Holy hell. I just watched yeah. a Superman punch, uh, in a huge, you know, in a comeback win from a guy who was bleeding out of the nose, might've had a broken nose look, yeah. you know, it, from the arena. I mean, he was, he was dripping blood. It was a, yeah. I mean, he was a bloody mess and he lands a huge punch. Looked to me like Thompson kind of got him up against the cage and then kind of got, uh, you would know better than I, uh, as a, as a karate practitioner, but seemed like he had all his weight on his back foot. And when Pettis threw the Superman punch, it was like he had nowhere to go. He tried to move his head back, but he couldn't move his body back at all. There was yeah. no. It seems like his weight was a little displaced, and he and he kind of he got a caged animal up against the cage a little too close, yeah. and couldn't backtrack and, and bounce back like he does. And when you're that close, when you're that close to someone that's throwing straight at you, I mean, I know it was a looping right hand or whatever, but you know he was he was obviously moving in for his own attack, and from that range, I mean really i mean it, moving backwards is, is the bad move and uh that i mean there there's because no matter if i mean i'd have to show you but if if, if i'm you know throwing straight punches and all you all you keep doing is going back you can ob obviously you can only back up 
you're you're not going to back up faster than I move forward, and that that was a perfect example of that. So um, yeah, I mean, and and he knows that too. But obviously, it, it caught him by surprise. That that's like you said, that's what that's what's great about the fight game. You know, it only takes one punch. And 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 uh, I'll tell you what though, the the thing that stood out to me with obviously with all these fights going on, the uh, the once 170 pound division. I want to say 2019. The welterweight division has been like the the star of the UFC. If you had to look at divisionally, the the, the divisions that are hot, I think uh, ever since um, you know with Askren coming in and and uh, you know the title change with Woodley and Usman, and then all, uh, there's there's so many fights to make now at 170, and um, you know obviously Pettis is uh, Pettis he 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 caught a couple of licks in the first round, but he still won the fight. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting to see where you know where we go from here. Yeah, well, I mean, you you got guys like Pettis and Masvidal coming up from lightweight now, yeah. and knocking out two of the top yep. four contenders in the welterweight division. That's another one, yeah. So, um, you know, it makes me wonder a little bit about how this weight cutting thing goes. To me, it just shows that maybe we don't need to be cutting so much weight, and everybody should just kind of float around the general weight <laughs> and, and not kill themselves to get yeah. to the weight. I mean, obviously we saw that the power of those guys is there even at 170, and, um, you know, perhaps if it's not a Superman punch or something that just catches him out of nowhere, it, he, you know, Pettis doesn't knock out Thompson. I mean, Thompson had never been uh, knocked out in, in any fight in his whole whole life. So, uh, but with that said, you know, yeah, it's spectacular. The, the, the matchups are there. Um, I don't know where Thompson's going to go in his career from here. He's obviously got a a big mountain to climb to ever try to get back into title contention, but there are some fun fights out there. Uh, Robbie Lawler fight. He he had mentioned on the show that he was interested in. If they don't do the run back with Askren, that fight seems to be available. Um, You know, and who knows? Obviously uh, he's got a good team around him, his dad, his family and stuff. So they're not going to put him in a dangerous situation now. And, uh, I know he's getting a little older in age, so we'll just have to he, see. Yeah, what he his did. Tease, he teased about uh, uh, Thompson teased about moving up to 185, and when he said that, in my mind, I was kind of like, "Isn't your brother-in-law in that division?" Which, which makes yeah. me wonder. Which makes me wonder if, if Weidman's thinking about hanging it up, because usually that's like a that's usually a sign of somebody doing something. When well, uh, I think fight, those guys, fighter. I think those guys would would dwarf uh, Thompson for the most part. Um, I think it would have been more if he would have won this fight and then they would have UFC kind of would have jerked him around a little bit. And then he could have said, Hey, okay, maybe I, I look at the winner of, of, you know, Gaslam and, and, uh, and, and Adesanya and, and Whitaker and however that ends up folding. But, um, now I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, but there is a lot of matchups there, uh, yeah. you know, that, that, that you can still get and, and, and perhaps try to, try to get some uh make some money i mean like him and cowboy is a fun fight that i would watch certainly yeah. him and lawler yeah. you know him and masvidal i know they already fought once yeah but... and he, he said when he spoke when he was on the show he that he wanted the lawler fight so if they're not going to do asking lawler again i mean maybe 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 they can do that maybe they can have a uh because lawler technically lost you know on on the books he lost that fight against Askren, so uh that wouldn't be a bad matchup to make um you know, him, who knows? Him I mean, and, him and Mike Perry's an interesting fight. I mean, there's some fights out there that that would just be fun fights to have. Um, he's got to obviously not worry about the rankings so much right now and just try to get. Yeah, they, they don't matter anyway. <laughs> not really, but you, <laughs> yeah. but before you worry about fighting another top five guy, I think you uh, I think you just try to get another win or two under your belt as soon as you're able to come back healthy. If that's if that's what he chooses to do, but you know these fights were on ESPN Plus, and I know you've kind of had your mini boycott. Um, we got some news <laughs> middle of last yeah. week, which uh, is even a little bit more confusing to me. But uh, it sounds like all the pay-per-views are now only going to be available through the ESPN Plus app. But not only like Fight Pass where you could just go on and order them, you actually have to be a subscriber to ESPN Plus to have the privilege to buy the pay-per-view. Is that, <laughs> is that, yeah, is yeah. that really the world we're living in right now? Yeah, the pay, the paywall to pay. The paywall to pay, yeah. That's how people were were reacting on uh, online when that news came out. Um, of course, you know my first concern was, can I still go to bars and watch it? And and the answer is yes, you can. Um, if you look at the press release from uh, ESPN's public relations team, 
but it's definitely uh it's definitely um I feel like the, that's one of the reasons I actually asked you about the arena. I feel like we're going to it's going to be really telling uh like uh w- the pay-per-view numbers i don't think we're gonna see them which is which brings it almost kind of brings it back to connor like what card he's playing because if espn obviously if espn has all the distribution rights and and they're looking to make money off of pay-per-views and you're not going to keep your your top earner around uh how much more money are you going to try to whip up to to you know are they going to do like the zone did with with um what's his face um uh canelo and and throw all kinds of money at him and then jack up your prices too because obviously they jacked up their prices the same week, or not long after that news came out. I mean, and and they've been, you know, they've been acquiring all the high-profile boxers, uh, Matchroom Boxing and Golden Boy guys. So it's like, uh, you know, the money's got to come from somewhere, and it's going to come from us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned DAZN real quick. So they basically went to a, it normally was nine ninety nine a month. They've jumped it up to nineteen ninety nine a month if you pay individual months, but you can get the year for about a hundred bucks or so. So the year is about $8 a month. If you prepay at all, uh, you know, that's not a terrible deal. I'm just being honest. Uh, if you're a box, if you're into the boxing matches, that's not a terrible deal. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes, but I think it's going to hurt their numbers. It's not going to help in my opinion. I don't think you're going to have, I think both parties are going to suffer uh, viewership numbers and you know what I mean? And subscriber numbers with this, with this, uh, the whole thing that they're all doing. I mean, I mean, uh, I haven't seen, I haven't read one positive comment from a UFC, and I'm look, I'm talking about hardcore UFC fans that are that are happy about this move to ESPN Play. I mean, there's people uh, bitching about the the stream quality of the app. You know, I mean, I myself, like I said, I only saw, like, I got frustrated. I was trying to watch the whole thing, and I I just watched the Macy Barber fight, and I was like, I know what time, I know what time uh, the main event's gonna be. I'll ch- I'll check back in then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned the bar scene, and I uh, I think that's a little more complicated than the UFC uh, oh. responded to you by. Um, so it's still not going to be available through like a TV service. So it's going to be available via uh, online, correct? I mean, I mean that that those are the details that weren't in the in the release. So I don't know if it's that Jack Hand Promotions that's been handling it for years for the bars. Or if it's gonna be, like I said, I said to some of the guys at Sure Dog, because we were talking about it too. I was like, is this gonna be, is it gonna be still that way, or is it gonna be some some herb with a fucking phone trying to connect to the Wi-Fi in Buffalo Wild Wings? Well, I mean, they're, I mean? Gonna, they're they're gonna charge the fees. The the for fans that don't know, yeah. basically the bars get charged like a fee of like five dollars or ten dollars a head for what the capacity of your of the bar is. So a place like Buffalo Wild Wings probably pays somewhere in the neighborhood of like twenty thousand dollars to be able to have the pay per view in their in their establishment, and then they charge a, a head a head. Uh, you know, they charge five, ten dollars a person to get in and, and come in the door and watch it, and then they make their money back, obviously through alcohol and and wings and and food. But if it's not through a solid thing like Direct TV, like you didn't really worry about Direct TV falling out. Maybe if you were in a hurricane area or or, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. in your area, but it, for you know, if you're in an older establishment, uh, some pizza joint in your part of town in New Jersey that's in a building that's 180 years old. And they're 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 going to start charging people to come in and watch a UFC event that they've already paid eight thousand dollars ahead of time to to show. That they better make damn sure that that internet stream doesn't go out. Yeah. Or you're going to have a bunch of uh of you wild East Coasters probably burning down some joints. Yeah. As, as the stuff goes. I'll tell you I mean, what. Yeah. I mean, I tell you what. I mean, I'll be the first one to put it out there on Twitter if wherever I go watch because it's starting with UFC two thirty six. Wherever I go, watch that. If it's because I'll either go to I'll either go to Brooklyn to watch or I'll watch it someplace around here. And um, I mean, I, I it's it's definitely going to be uh, interesting. I mean, uh, I don't even know if the UFC bars like how how early there's not a lot of bars already approved for it. So I often wonder because I actually messaged one of the bars around here when the Directv thing was happening. And I messaged the manager, and he didn't even know about the possibility of not being able to air it. So I should message him tomorrow and be like, "Do you do you know that this is how you order pay per views now?" Because he was pretty open about it. it. Was a Hooters manager in here in New Jersey, and um, he was just kind of like, when I told him about the Directv thing, 
Because if you remember, it was the beginning of that day, and then that night where they changed, they flipped from not being on, on for two thirty-five, uh, not being on on uh, Directv. Then it was not two thirty-five, whatever the Australia card was. Um, so that one was to me. I was just like, wow, if this guy didn't even know how how obviously if you're running an establishment, you should be abreast of that information. But either way, this guy wasn't. So um, I wonder if he'll he'll spill the beans on that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, the only positive I saw, and maybe I misunderstood it, is it showed that ESPN was controlling the price points now. So perhaps that would mean if we get a pay-per-view that's not necessarily top caliber, yeah. they drop they drop the price and go, okay, this is a twenty nine ninety five yeah. pay-per-view. And then, you know, when you get a stacked card, you pay the legitimate $60. So I don't know. That That's just me maybe being a little optimistic on it. Cause... No, it's not. It's, it's, uh, it's something that was asked. When uh, Aaron Barnster of uh, TSN had had uh, had one of the content uh, managers on his podcast, like the week after that, or last Wednesday, I think, and he asked him that very question, and he said that's definitely a possibility that they could the, it could adjust they could adjust the price depending on the quality of the card. So I guess that's kind of good news for folks, but uh, I mean, you know, it's all brand new. We have to. Like everything, we have to see it set in motion. You know, like the I always like to compare stuff to the PFL when you know when the first event happened, people thought it was going to be garbage and and you know have one season one and done. And now here, people not only are they on ESPN as well, but people are excited for a second season. So um, I get you know we got to see how it works out. I, I right off the bat though, I, I, as you know, I, I don't like it. I mean, if if they said it wasn't in bars. I have no idea how I'd be watching the UFC, like how I'm going to keep up with the sport. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it tough. But um, at least this weekend we got some free fights uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. a pretty busy and, and actually a really exciting weekend of action. Yeah. Uh, Friday kicks off Friday night uh, on the Paramount Network with Bellator 219. Uh, event is headlined by uh, our guest and, and friend of the show, Syed Awad, uh, fighting Brandon Gertz. Uh, Daniel Strauss returns after a couple years away from the sport after a, a terrible motorcycle accident that um, that left him practically paralyzed. Um, and then uh, Andres Korchkov, who was originally scheduled to fight Lorenz Larkin in the main event, returns. Uh, they kept him on the card, which is really cool for the, the local fans here in Temecula who are, are attending the event. Um, get a chance to see a, a world-class Walter White fight, uh, fighting Mike Jasper. And then uh, the opening bout of that main card is uh, Joe Schilling, the uh, glory kickboxer uh, in a local grudge match with Keith Barry after a couple of years going back and forth on social media, a uh, couple Southern California boys who like to brawl uh, bringing it. So I think we're in for an exciting fight. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you, uh, how, how are you seeing these fights? Uh, obviously, you know, we look at the card and we I'd say Korshkov is a, is a huge favorite. I haven't seen the odds, but I, I got to imagine uh, I see him winning by knockout. Um, yeah, I mean, he. I see him winning only because that obviously uh, Mike Jasper wasn't his original opponent. He supposed he was supposed to fight Lorenz Larkin, and then uh, whatever happened happened that that had the you know uh, Saad hinted at it when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking to us about it. So um, yeah, I mean, I got Koreshkov on that uh, winning his fight. Uh, the thing with you mentioned that grudge match with Schilling and, and Barry. Uh, do you know what it stems from? Like, how much background do you have on that? I don't know the whole story. I've caught some of the stuff. I know Keith Barry's been asking for a fight with him for a while, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much Joe Schilling has. Joe Schilling's been in the spotlight more. Keith Barry's a, a local guy. He's got uh, 30 career bouts. Um, been around as long as I can really remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's always been kind of either a prelim guy or fighting like in the King of the Cage promotions or Gladiator Challenge kind of thing or, or just the local random you know, fly by night of organization that shows up uh, here in Southern California. So um, he's dangerous. I mean, they both, they both uh, are, like I said, are, are, are strikers. Uh, it's hard to go against Schilling in a matchup like that. I know he's been known to take him on the chin though, a few times and, and go down hard, but it yeah. seemed like that was, they seemed like that was more uh, what uh, Kato or Cato had his, um, had his number. Um, we bring up his name. I don't know what happened to him, but uh <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll go with Schilling in that fight just because he's a little bit more active uh, yeah. currently, and uh, and he's got what much more to lose losing this bout. Yeah, um, 
I don't know, man. I mean, that's hard for me because uh, I know I, I've seen him win more kickboxing matches than than MMA fights, um, uh, and far, as far as Schilling goes. So I always feel like it's fifty fifty with him when he's in the belt or cage. But uh, you know, he's definitely the more known fighter. I just like I, I know we were talking about it uh, earlier. Um, I mean, it, for in MMA, he just his hands are a little too low for me when he fights. So I'm always worried about him catching one. Um, and and uh, and obviously, if this guy this guy's got some experience, I mean, you you know more about him than I do. But um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be it'll probably be one of those great openers for the main card that. It doesn't see all three rounds, and and some but some spectacular finish will happen. So yeah, I mean Barry hasn't won a fight since 2013, so it's been a few years. But he's fought he uh he lost is is that he fought Jeremy Kimball, who you might be familiar with from Bellator, mm-hmm. and then he he had a draw with Kevin Casey at Bellator 170. So I know you know Kevin Casey from the Jiu Jitsu world and and uh, and a former UFC fighter. So um, he's fought some guys uh, and. It's been a bit of a tough run the last handful of years, but um, uh, he's got a loss to Amagov in uh, in Strike Force. Um, fought Trevor Smith in Strike Force. J- uh, John Vellante has got a loss to him, so he seems to have losses to to most of the the guys that are uh, that are more world class. So, but he's going to bring it. I know he does, uh, and and it'll be a good fight. And uh, and I think one to kick off the main card. I think this card's going to have a lot of excitement. Like I said, I picked Korshkov to win by knockout. I think yeah. Schilling wins by knockout. Uh, Daniel Strauss is in the co-main event, like I said, returning from the, the motorcycle accident against Shane Crutchton. Yeah. Uh, who's who's mean, coming off a loss to Aaron Pico. Um, that one I don't necessarily see a knockout because that's not necessarily Strauss's game. Uh, but uh, I hope he comes back strong and, and is yeah, able to do his thing. That's a tough one to call because obviously he's coming off of going through a lot outside of fighting, you know, with the, with the recovery and the rehab and everything he had to do. And, uh, you know, Crutch is just coming off of a loss. So obviously if Strauss could come back and win, it would be huge. It'd be huge for the promotion, huge for him, you know, just a testament to, to what martial arts and perseverance could do for somebody. So I kind of hope he wins for that reason. Um, and then, uh, but Crutch, you know, obviously Crutch has been I know he lost to Pico, but uh, but obviously he, he he hasn't gone through what Strauss has gone through. So I mean, uh, I mean the the inactivity and and the rehab and everything might might you know it's, it's Strauss's first fight back. So you know if he comes and he loses, uh, uh, you know it, it's probably just uh, you know ring rust or whatever. So I'm gonna I'm probably I'll probably just uh, I'm not gonna try to make any picks. I'm I, I'm just gonna watch that one. I hope Strauss wins. Um, obviously because of what I'm sympathetic to what he's been through, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good co-main event. Yeah. And then, uh, the main event, Syed Awad and, uh, Brandon Gertz, uh, not just because he's been on the show. I just think he's a little bit more durable. I'm going to go with Syed Awad. Uh, yeah. I, it's hard to pick a knockout because both of these guys, but they, I mean, that's the way they both fight. Uh, but I'll, I'll take a wad by, uh, by third round finish. Uh, I think there's going to be some back and forth. I think both guys are going to walk out of this fight. Uh, with some stitches, but uh, yeah, I, well, I think a I think a wad's a little bit uh, on a night, a little bit higher level right now than Gertz. Yeah. Gertz is more of a uh, kind of the barroom brawler of the of the of the division. Yeah, and and I asked, I hinted at it when we had him on the show. I mean, yeah, got to remember too, Gertz had a shoulder separation when he when he in his last fight when he lost to Chandler. So I mean, who knows how well he is and if he's going to be throwing you know the way that uh, that you're used to seeing him throw. So that that's one of the reasons that I think uh, Wad probably has his number. Um, plus, he, it's he's some it's not somebody. He also told us that he was preparing to fight him before back when Chandler was supposed to fight uh, Brent Primus, and you know that's how that whole shuffle happened. So I don't think uh, I mean, uh, and Wad obviously he's smarter. He's smarter after every fight. He's he's looking to get out off that loss against Henderson, which was a decision loss. So he 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 didn't take too much damage in that fight either. So um, pretty sure pretty sure uh, Awad, uh, if they go do go blow to blow, I feel like maybe Awad probably has uh, the edge in uh, in that fight. So I got him winning that fight too. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be an all action fight. But then that brings us to the UFC, where they might be able to beat that with uh, the main event that they put on. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. there's going to be some brain cells lost this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, definitely. That, that, 
we definitely won't be bored in that main event. I mean, that's it's already like the most probably the most anticipated, and it's on ESPN Red where nobody has to sign up for anything. Correct on the main <laughs> ESPN on the main ESPN channel, I should say this weekend. Uh, that's the event we're talking about from Philadelphia. Edson Barboza versus Justin Gagey. Um, absolute violence. Uh, but before we get to that one, there is a, a, a really good female fight. Uh, Michelle Watterson uh, faces off with Carolina Kolakavich. Um, yeah. That's that's a uh, it's just a, that's a really good female uh, strawweight bout. Um, it will be very interesting to see how uh, Kolakavich bounces back following her devastating knockout loss to uh, Jessica Andrade. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Watterson is always one of the toughest outs in the game. So, so. that's and it's interesting you're mentioning. Obviously, she, her last fight she was knocked out. Um, one of the things that stand that stood out to me, and I don't know if it changed because the last time I looked, I think was Sunday. But uh, Michelle, Michelle, for they have Michelle Watterson as the underdog in this fight. Um, and to me, that just struck me as odd. Do you think? Don't you think that's weird? Considering she's coming off two wins in a row, uh, yeah, a little bit. I think that uh, I think the general public might think she's kind of on the backside of her career, where where Carolina, although she got blasted, um, might be kind of <laughs> kind of that still the possible next generation of that weight class. Yeah, uh, that's that's just what you know. I'm guessing. I uh, I think Carolina is going to be a little gun shy. I mean, not only did she get knocked out, she might have got knocked out worse than any female has ever been knocked out in the history of the sport. Um, I mean, it was a devastating, brutal, brutal knockout. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm always a little biased towards Watterson. I've been a fan of hers for a long time, but I'm going to pick Watterson by decision. I think she's going to be uh, uh, a little more active, perhaps, on the on the feet, and I feel like she's got a huge advantage if the fight goes down to the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, she's uh, she's probably got the submission advantage. I think uh, Carolina's probably got a little bit of. She's probably got her on range, which might be uh, something that got factored into the whoever makes the odds, however they make them. But um, I don't know. I just I feel like uh, you know, being a former champion from Invicta, I I I just feel like she's a little. She she might be a little. She might be the smarter fighter in this fight, and um, she's obviously like you said too. She's riding. She's riding a win streak versus Carolina losing badly in her last fight. So um, there definitely could be if she can get on the inside and pressure Carolina. I think I think it's uh, Watterson's fight to win. That brings us to the co-main event of that night. David Branch is coming off a tough loss at uh, UFC 230 against Jared Canier. Yeah. Um, fighting Jack Hermanson, who uh, uh, check. I can't recall his last fight off the top of my head. He's on a two-fight winning streak um, coming into this fight. So, uh, Branch has kind of been a tough one to 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 read. He dominated World Series of Fighting, and he's just been kind of up and down in the UFC uh, before yeah. World Series of Fighting and after. Uh, I know he's a local fighter to you up there. Uh, how, how do you see that one going? Depend. I mean, like like you said, it's like it depends. I mean, he's obviously taking enough time off. I mean, Branch is always uh, he's definitely about about you know trying to get back to to where he was after before he he took that loss. I mean, he wanted to be active. He wanted certain fights that he he didn't get. So I mean, um, it's 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 definitely a struggle. But he's he's one of these guys that's like, uh, you know, he 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 doesn't throw a pity party or anything like that. He look. He looks to uh, you know, re re, kind of remind folks uh, the type of fighter he is. Remind folks that he was a two division champion over at World Series of Fighting. So, um, I, I'm thinking. I mean, I I think he can pull off uh, if he goes to his if he goes to the well, which is his jujitsu. I think he can get a he can pull off a submission win against uh, Hermanson. Yeah. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna kind of probably leave this. One. I I don't know. To me, it's a toss-up fight. Like you said, if 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 Branch, let me put it this way: if Branch is on his game, I think he wins the fight. Yeah. If uh, if he comes out like he did at UFC 230, I think he might. Uh, I think he might get handed to him by by Hermanson. So. Yeah, I, I feel like that. I mean, you got to remember that, that 230 fight. I mean, that that whole card was a a mess to begin with. 
So it's like no, it's you're, like, that's a valid uh, point. He was yeah. expecting to fight Jack Jacare, and then he finds mm-hmm. himself fighting a, a bigger, uh, a little bit more uh, muscular striker uh, type yeah. of guy. So, uh, and then that brings us to the the death match in the main event. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. this is this is some Mortal Kombat shit here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, twenty and six Edson Barbosa, nineteen and two Justin Gagey. I am a huge Justin Gagey fan. Um, uh. But uh, I'm gonna pick Barboza. I, I uh, oh I, wow. I uh, <laughs> I think he's just gonna be too technical. Mm-hmm. I think Gagey can it, it gets into those firefights, and I feel yeah, like he's just gonna. Point. I think he's just gonna eat something, and and uh, yeah. As we've seen when he's fighting the guys like Eddie Alvarez and and uh, Dustin Poirier, you know, you get guys that are just as technical or just as good as you, and carry a big a big stick basically that they're swinging. Um, I don't know. This could be the battle of leg kicks. We could see some guys, (laughs) you know, I don't know. They might end up laying on the ground, punching each other side by side by the end of this fight, but I'm just super excited for it. I'll be pulling for Justin Gagey. Somebody's going to get broke. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll be pulling for Justin. Um, I'm definitely a fan of his, uh, but I just feel like, from what I've seen from him lately, I, I feel like Barboza is going to catch him and hurt him, uh, whether it's a body shot uh, or even a head kick. Um, Gagey takes shots, and I don't think he'll be able to take it from Barboza like he was able to take uh, while climbing the ladder to get to the UFC by some of that, that opposition. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the thing about – I mean, and, and what, I talked about the odds. I looked at the odds for this fight, too. Gaethje, Gaethje's the underdog for that very reason, in my opinion, because the dude, the amount of damage he's taken from being a champion at World Series of Fighting, and then coming to the UFC, and then take, and then every single fight getting a fight of the night award, win or lose, obviously, you know that's a lot of damage taken. I'm glad he's taking a lot of time off, but um, I don't know if it's the I, who knows if he's coming. I mean. His game plan hasn't changed in years. You know, he comes in, he comes in and he, you know, he takes he takes everything up top so he can fire away at your legs and then finish you off. Um, I know he's got great wrestling, but uh, I mean, we 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 we, ha- we don't really get to see it because he's got this tank style of fighting. Um, that being said, though, I mean, if he lands anything, because I feel like he if he if he if he can clip Barboza in, in the chin, you know, obviously a punch that he doesn't see coming, I feel like he could probably uh, have the fight in, go in his favor. Um, so this will probably be the first time I do this on the podcast. I'm going to put my money on Gaethje, but I think Barboza might pull off a win. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of those fights. It's like yeah. I was saying, it's, it's a... It's a it's a fighter's fight, and when you get those kind of things, anything can happen. Yeah. So I mean, this that, is like that, a pay per view thing for me. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's a great fight. It's it's a fun card. Um, we didn't talk about it before we came on air, but I I would be remiss if I didn't mention there is also uh, on late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, an absolutely huge one championship event. Oh yeah. Um, they make their debut into Japan and. Uh, my God, they're they're bringing it. Uh, four title fights, uh, names like Bibiana Fernandez, Shinya Aoki, Edward Foyalong, Foy, uh, Angela Lee, and you know uh, the the like the fourth and fifth fight of the the main card is uh, Demetrius Johnson. You got Eddie Alvarez competing. You got uh, Gary Tonin on the uh, prelims. Andy mm-hmm. Sauer in a kickboxing bout. I mean, it is. Uh, yeah, this, that's a good if this card, was a man. if this was a I mean this is this matches anything Ryzen's ever done. Uh, this would be a huge card uh, if it was a UFC pay per view. Uh, so I I'm seeing on Tapology they have it listed as a pay per view, but if I understand correctly, it, uh, it, the prelims will be free on the Facebook and uh, the Twitter, I believe, for one FC or, or one championship. And then I believe the event can be broadcast, well, can be seen on their app or on the Bleacher Report live app for free. Uh, I think the main card kicks off probably about 7.30 a.m. your time. I think uh, the prelims start. No, no, that's incorrect. I think it's 5.30 your time. 
Um, I know the prelims on my coast here start about 11.30 p.m. on Saturday. So, obviously, I recommend any fans that uh, like to pull the all-nighter, uh, that would be the night to do it if you're going to uh, if you're gonna try to do it. So, uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be uh, sleeping a lot during the day on Sunday, but... Uh, <laughs> I'll be attending. I'll be attending Bellator on Friday, uh, catching up, watching UFC all day, and then hopefully that leads me into a late night of uh, some tremendous knees to the head in the cage uh, for one championship. With that said, that's about all we got. It's uh, it's been a busy week. I'm still trying to recover from Nashville and uh, look forward to getting a, a real night's sleep here. Soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, man. I mean, cool. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it for the, for us. Uh, uh, I guess we'll do your, uh, do your clothes for, uh, the handles yeah. and shit. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> fans can always follow us at combat hour on Twitter. You can follow myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, shirts are still available. Got a couple new styles now. Uh, prices have dropped slightly, so if anybody is interested in any shirts, uh, let me know. I'd be happy to get them printed and uh, shipped out. Uh, until then, uh, have a good weekend of watching fights, Ed, and I'll catch up with you over the weekend for sure as uh, things are going down. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll be. I'm sure we'll we'll be talking about them as they as they happen. Uh, um, welcome back, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice to be back. <laughs> hey y'all east coast ed here if you'd like to support this podcast you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month this podcast will always be free but if you help matt and i out for future episodes supporters will be shouted out on the show and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future so please Click the support tab and enjoy the show.